Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where the discussion ranges from employee safety, environmental protection, policy creation, training methods, employee engagement, and everything in between. Your host is Dr. Mark French. As an industrial and organizational psychologist and certified safety professional, he's going to share information and anecdotes from years of experience in the people side of safety. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It is a motivational need that defines the culture of your organization. Employee safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone through direct behavioral engagement. That is why your organization should be using safety as a key method to learn about your culture and lead your teams. Thanks for joining this episode as we talk through current issues in EHS and how they impact our everyday workplace. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Always happy to have you as part of the podcast. Thanks for listening in. And uh, you know what? We're going to jump right in. This one here, um, I've been on the road. And the hardest thing about doing a podcast is how do you do a podcast out of a hotel room? How do you have your enough gear to make it sound good when you're traveling? That's That's been my issue is how do you do that? Because some of the portable microphones I've tried have had lag and anyway, tons of excuses. But back in my home studio, if you're a podcaster and you travel a lot, uh, throw me some information. Let me know how you do it when you're traveling or in a hotel. What, what equipment do you take with you? Anyway, on a separate note, this one came out on July 21st, just over a week ago. And this is something from my hometown, right near home for me. And it's sad, it's disturbing, it's horrible, Um, and there's a lot to learn here, I think, and I don't think we've even had a chance to learn it all. I think there's a lot more to learn, but if you know about the ice cream Dippin' Dots, the little orbs, they're frozen in liquid nitrogen that they they spiral around, really cool ice cream, Um, had an explosion on July 21st. This was not part of their main manufacturing facility. This was an offloading of liquid nitrogen into a system where they make a third-party product. And pretty significant explosion. Uh, 11 people affected. One did not want care. 10 were taken to a local hospital. Of those 10, one was flown to a more advanced hospital All of them have been released and seem to be doing okay for now. So that's that's great news. But it's unfortunate that there was an explosion. And I think what's most unfortunate is that two years ago, in a different part of the facility, also related to liquid nitrogen and the handling of liquid nitrogen, there was another explosion in 2019. And when you look at that one, uh, Kentucky OSHA issued a general duty clause fine um, on that one. Only one citation. And there was information about how could this happen again. And so you see this idea coming up of, okay, they spent a lot of money mitigating the very first explosion in 2019. Now, the Courier-Journal did a really nice job. Of and this is our larger Kentucky newspaper, did a really nice job of getting some information about 
what happened in 2019. And what they found was that the liquid nitrogen should have been drained from the production equipment because what happened was a valve, and this is what they believe happened, was held open because of debris in the system. And when it pressurized, it exploded or had a very, very quick release of the liquid nitrogen going from solid to gas. Um, and that that pressurization or depressurization led to that explosion. And they talk about that their attorney for the company attorney said that they they worked very hard and they spent a healthy six figure number to ensure that this type of incident does not occur again. So we probably didn't have the same type of incident happen, but we've had something similar happen. And that's scary from the standpoint of a safety and risk management is, okay, well, how does something like this happen similarly with the idea of nitrogen, the use of liquid nitrogen, and the safety that comes with that? Um, the amount of liquid nitrogen they use is huge, and there has to be very specific safety protocols that are in place handle it safely. So again, according to the Courier Journal, they did they uh, did some interviews, and what they found out was that the truck was offloading liquid nitrogen at a storage tank. They're still putting it together, but what it appears happened was that something burst, and it suddenly started releasing, and it was devastating. There were quite a few photographs of the area, and about half the building was brought down. And the biggest question I know from people around this area is, how does it happen twice? And in this case, the injury count was big, and they were very fortunate, thank goodness. No one seems to be seriously, seriously hurt. Um, the fact that everyone is out of the hospital is a very good sign. I know a lot more will have to come out of this issue and to come out from what have we learned here when handling liquid nitrogen? What are we doing about it? From a standpoint of safety and safety systems and safety management, there's a lot of questions in my head of how does this happen again? When you have something that goes wrong with a liquid nitrogen system, what are you doing to mitigate that risk a second time? What kind of processes in place? What kind of PHA? What kind of process hazard assessment have you done? What kind of risk assessment is out there to understand what is going on? I know in when you think about the uh, society and looking at chemical engineering and the idea of PSM with chemical engineering, they look at risk in a very quantitative standpoint, and they want the risk to be like 10 to the minus 4 before they would have it acceptable, or 10 to the minus 5, depending on the, the exact amount of high-risk procedures. And so when we're dealing with something like liquid nitrogen, that one is a very dangerous gas when in closed areas, uh, because you don't notice it's there. And secondly, the explosive nature, the rapid depressurization of this gas. How do we handle it? What kind of risk level is tolerable? And I once heard a, a very interesting risk management talk about it's all about your appetite for risk. And when you talk about appetite for risk, you're really talking about how much you care about your people. 
And with every level of risk, for every level 10 of risk that you reduce, there is a cost associated with that. And so are you willing to have more appetite for risk and less investment? Or are you willing to have more investment and less appetite for risk? Where are you willing to draw the line? And ultimately, it comes down to where do you feel like it's worth it for your team? Do Where is the care? And not to say that I am not making any stipulation that Dip and Dots does not care about their team. I, I have no doubt they do. But when you look at risk and we start talking about decision-making and risk, we look at it from more than just cost and what it is. We have to look at it from a people standpoint. And where is that risk coming from? And uh, there is always opportunity to get better. There's no finger pointing. It's easy to sit back on after something has happened and point fingers, not doing that. There's something we can all learn here. And it's about where is that risk level? What are we doing to mitigate control and handle that risk. Now, in the second part of the podcast, I want to come back and talk about corrective actions. And a good, robust corrective action program is more than just corrective actions. It has to look beyond and look at that risk. So more podcast coming up in just a moment. You've got a friend in the safety business. Who wants to help your team work safer? The safety dude. Who wants to help your leadership engage through safety? Again, the safety dude. Who is there to take your safety systems to the next level? That's right, the safety dude. Who has the knowledge and skill to drive safety ownership? You know it, the safety dude. So who is the safety dude? Dr. Mark French is an experienced and credentialized safety professional with a focus on the organizational psychology of your company. You can find a safety dude at TSD Amalgamated Safety Consulting, where he is ready to focus on your team's safety. www.tsdamalgamated.com. And welcome back to the second half of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. I'm Mark. I'm happy you're with me. Thanks for being part of the podcast. Always cannot express enough how much I enjoy doing this and really appreciate you listening in. So the second half of the podcast, I want to continue on. So we talked about the dip and dots explosion about a little bit over a week ago and the rapid depressurization of nitrogen and that they've had it once before happen in a different part and probably a different root cause. But when you come out to the macro level, it's still about the handling of liquid nitrogen, how that liquid nitrogen was handled, and what can be done to prevent that rapid depressurization that can lead to an explosion, a very significant explosion. This isn't minor. This was something very significant. Ten people in the hospital, one other affected. No telling how much damage. In the second time that something with liquid nitrogen exploding in two years. I think this is a great opportunity as safety professionals to talk about something that a lot of companies don't want to hear. And it's tough to talk about it with them. It's, it's hard to help understand because if you get fined by OSHA, they hang up their little sign wherever it goes and you fix that thing that they found. If they found a fan that's broken, you fix the fan. They find a guard that is not right on a, a bench grinder. They find tons of those. 
you fix the bench grinder. There's a difference between fixing that one thing and then looking at your system as a whole and how do you fix that? How do you make it function better? So the way I've always thought of it and the way I've been taught it from some very good people is there's containment and there's prevention. So containment or that first early root cause can be a couple of things. So whenever you first come across a hazard, how did you contain it? Did you put a cone around it? Did you fix it immediately? And sometimes that's even a bigger root cause of like, okay, well, how do we fix it, this problem, so it doesn't happen again at this one area? So how are we containing the singular problem either temporarily or permanently? But then there's the idea of prevention. There's this idea of where do you take it next? Where else do we have a similar risk within our organization and what do we do about it? How do we handle it? How do we reevaluate it? So if you have an issue with, in a chemical industry, a pump that fails, and it's a very specific type of pump, maybe it's a brand name, and you fix that one pump, and then you need to look across your organization of where else do we have the same brand, and can it have the same failure, yes or no? And if so, what are we doing to fix it? What are we doing to make sure that we don't have the same issue happen somewhere else? So let's think about it a different way. Someone, there's a leak in the roof and someone slips and falls. We start looking at, okay, we're going to fix the roof leak right there. And we're going to make sure that it's cleaned up and it's safe in that area. Are there other places that your roof is leaking? Or let's think about it this way. Maybe it was leaking around a skylight. Do you go up and inspect all your skylights to make sure that there's not the potential for leak around the same places? So that's a lot more expensive. It's a lot more time intensive. It also takes a lot more planning. But it's very important from that safety aspect to see it to understand it, and to go after it, to try to fix it the right way. And that's where we look at extent of condition is another word for it. I know in the nuclear world, that was what they would always talk about. Okay, you found an issue right here, and you know it exists. Where else could this condition exist, and what are you doing about it right now? And it's a very, in some cases, once an injury has happened, that's a lagging indicator. So you have an indicator right there that this is going to happen. It has happened. And what are you going to do about it? From a safety standpoint, this is about taking care of our people. It's about thinking through where else can this happen with our team? And what are the systemic issues that come from it? I think one of the more interesting examples that um, I've come across is one where it was more of a public safety and an item happened, a an item that we had worked on had broken and the public was around it. No one was hurt. We got lucky, but it was reported to us and we didn't have a good tracking mechanism to understand like how do we escalate it? How do we show that we've just had a safety issue with our item and what are we going to do about it? So we created a system that if anyone calls in and says, hey, I have a concern about an item, you can flag it 
and say there's a safety issue here. And it immediately puts out an email to a lot of different people so that a lot of different eyes start showing up on this issue so that we can look at that extent of condition. Where else is it? Let's move quickly. Let's not waste time because there's not only our safety, our team, but other people's safety involved. We want to go quick. We want to move faster and find the solution uh, with a whole team view on it, not just a few, because we is stronger than just me in that case. We want to learn from it and we want to go after it. And I think that's the key is that how aggressive are you going after safety issues? I'm moving all over the place here, but it makes all sense when you put it together. You first want to contain it. You want to contain it quickly. You want to make sure you don't have that exact same thing happen in the exact same place to anyone else. You want to look at the prevention. You want to take that macro view. You want to step back, look at your entire organization and say to yourself, where else is this a risk? Where else could this happen? Where else could someone slip and fall? Where else could nitrogen leak, depressurize, and explode? What do we do about it? And then we make in a good timeline. We don't rock back on our heels. We stay with it, and we try to fix it rapidly. And then we share that success. A lot of safety is making sure we communicate, not just the bad, but what are we doing right every day? We're selling it to our team. We're giving them the feeling of safety because they need to know what we're doing. They need to hear it. They need to see it. They need to tangibly be able to go out and touch it and say, look, this is where safety begins. We're doing it. We're looking at it. And we care about you so much that we're going out and we're looking at where else we can we fix it. And how do we do that? I think these are the important keys with Looking at this, this is where it came out to me that this is where we need to talk about from a safety professional standpoint and and a management standpoint, a leadership, a people leadership standpoint, making sure our team feels safe, knowing that we're not going to just fix the one little problem that came up. We're going to look for those bigger issues, too. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Again, happy to have you with me. Look forward to the next time we chat. And until then, stay safe. listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Join the conversation on the web at www.thesafetydude.org. All opinions expressed on the program are solely the view of the individual and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.